Welcome to the Post-Narc Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way. I've been there. I get it. And I've got you. Let's go build your post-narc life. Welcome back. Hi. So glad you're here. I am so grateful to be in your ears. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Right now, as I'm recording this, it is the week before Halloween, and it is a beautiful October evening here in Houston. But by the time you're listening to this, Halloween will have passed, and we are now in November. How very exciting. We're in 2022. And this week already has been very interesting in terms of the podcast. I wrote an entire episode and then I started recording it and it was just like, no, this is wrong. This is not the episode that I need to write today. So I erased everything and I started again. So today's episode is going to be about how to get out of pain. You know, being in a narcissist relationship or having been raised by narcissists, being in toxic relationships for years at a time, you're in a lot of pain. It's just undeniable. The emotional pain is intense. It's there. It's hard to get out of. It's hard to see through it. It's hard to even do anything, live life while you're in this pain. And I have had firsthand experience, not only with this pain, but also seeing the pain in other people and seeing where it could potentially lead. This is something that is very near and dear to my heart because I have seen the effects of this kind of pain if untreated uh, for decades. It could potentially lead to ending your own life. And I've met with so many clients who have had suicidal ideations, who have felt like there was only one way out. And I want to offer this episode for anyone who is in pain, but especially for those out there who are in so much pain that they feel like there's no other way out. And I want to tell you today that there is a way out. This is the way out. My experience with this kind of pain has been for years. I mean, I I don't remember a time when I wasn't feeling some kind of pain in respect to the emotional abuse. And once I was able to to see how to get out of this pain, it really has changed everything for me. Because here's reality, okay? You're not going to be able to go through life never getting hurt again. At least I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know of anyone who preaches that. But life is not easy. Life is very hard for a lot of us and more so for some of us than others. Getting through life can sometimes feel like It just can sometimes feel terrible. (laughs) I just want to acknowledge that. Now, obviously, there are some amazing times. There are some things that are beautiful and wonderful and perfect. And I want to acknowledge that too. It doesn't all have to be this depressing existence. But narcissist abuse really keeps you in the dark place. It keeps you in the negativity. It keeps you in the victim story. 
and it keeps you in a lot of emotional pain that you don't want to be in, but you don't know any other way to deal with life. And just having witnessed it firsthand, I mean, there were times when things were so dark for me that I didn't have ideations necessarily, but I really did. I just wanted to disappear. I just wanted to dissolve into the nothingness. That's And over time, I started recognizing that when that thought occurred to me, I knew that I was in a depression. I knew that I was like, okay, we are in a depression right now. This is good to see. And I don't need to believe my brain, but this is helping me see what's going on with myself right now. So that's where I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. (laughs) But I just want to dedicate this episode to anyone who has been in emotional pain recently or for many, many years, and they don't feel like they can get out because there is a way out and this is how. All right, we're going to start with what the pain is. I think most of the time we are in pain emotionally, but we don't actually know what that pain is. We can't really give it a name. We just know that we want it to end as fast as possible, right? I get that. I was there, but I need you to understand that the very first step to getting out of the pain is to name it. It needs to be another name besides pain, okay? I acknowledge that it is painful, right? But if you're going to get out of it, we've got to acknowledge that it actually has a specific name. And there are many names and many emotionally painful things that we go through. All right, let's talk about the first one. Guilt. Guilt is very emotionally painful. Let's think about what actually guilt feels like. For me, guilt is a tightening in my chest and like a sinking in my abdomen. It's like a heaviness, like it weighs heavy on me. Guilt is when I feel really bad about something, when I feel like I've done something really wrong, I've hurt someone, someone is in pain because of me. Notice how there's a lot of blame for yourself. Notice how you're taking ownership for someone else's pain and you are putting it all on yourself that it's your fault, that, that that it's happening. If it hadn't been for you, right, they wouldn't be in a lot of pain. This is very, very painful, especially, let's talk about a little bit about the pain that we deal with um, having been raised in this situation. It's especially painful for children because children are just these pure, wonderful creatures and they have tiny little bodies, but they have massive emotions and they're very, very good at processing them out on their own. But when you guilt a child, boy, do they feel it deeply. They feel it so big. And then as they grow into adulthood, constantly feeling guilt, 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 right? This is going to be a huge source of pain for them. And they don't know how to get out of it. And it becomes a pattern for this kind of pain and all the other kinds. So guilt is is a big one. The next one is shame. Shame is absolutely a tool of the narcissist that is used to make you think terrible things about yourself. I'm a terrible person. I am a loser, right? I'm the difficult one. I can't be fixed, right? So this this is about a sense of permanence about yourself. Uh, There's no hope of changing. There's no hope of getting better. It's just, this is who you are. You've been labeled and you've been found wanting and you're not going to be good enough ever. It's this this shame of, I want to run, I want to hide. It's a a heaviness in my shoulders. For me, it could be different for you. It's a heaviness in my shoulders. It's a tightness in my chest. It's just a, a, a heaviness on me that feels really terrible. And it's a lot more even, it's even more painful in my opinion than guilt. I feel like shame is a bit heavier for me. Let's talk about emptiness. This is one that I remember feeling 
for so long. I've, I've, I felt like I knew emptiness from a very, very young age and I didn't understand why I felt so empty. I didn't know that it was unique. I thought everyone maybe felt that way or if they didn't, maybe there was something going right with them and something wrong with me. Emptiness has always been there for me. It's a, it's a, it's a form of self-abandonment. It's what you feel when you self-abandon. It's a sense of like, it's like, for me, it feels like a giant gaping dark hole in my chest. That's how it feels. It's just like this, this emptiness, (laughs) I guess that's how to describe it. Maybe if you know what I'm talking about, you can, you can relate. And it, it feels like loss. It feels like loneliness. It feels like I am alone in the world. It feels like there is there is happiness and joy out there, but it's certainly not for me. There's a black hole happening in my soul and there's no one that can can solve it. So you just try to fill it with other things. And of course, it never really makes it go away, but the temporary filling of that hole can sometimes help you get through the next day. But it is it is a constant sense of emptiness, or at least that's how it was for me. <laughs> Another one is loneliness. Loneliness is related to emptiness. Loneliness is when you feel isolated. It's when you feel like nobody gets you, nobody understands you, nobody's there for you, not really. And you feel like you walk this world utterly alone. It's a terrible feeling. And especially when you've been raised in this situation, it of course makes sense because your parents who are supposed to be your guides through life, who are supposed to love you unconditionally, are abusing you. They are gaslighting you. They're telling you terrible things about yourself. They're making you feel guilty. They are telling you terrible things about your future. They are judging you endlessly. They're punishing you over unnecessary things. I mean, it's just, they just try to get control all the time. And you trying to make sense of that is, is terrible. You can't think terrible things about your parents. That's unthinkable. That's terrible. Nobody should think terrible things about their parents. And so it's like this, this loneliness because you can't even be with yourself. You can't even stand up for yourself. And the people who are supposed to be there for you absolutely weren't. Another one is fear. Are we depressed yet? (laughs) I promise there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Okay. (laughs) So this is all about naming the pain that's in your body. It's very important that we, that we have labels for this pain so that you can start getting leverage. Okay. The next one is fear. Fear is a big one. Fear is you imagining the worst. It's you predicting the worst. It's being unable to make a decision because either way you go, it'll be wrong or something bad will happen. Um, It's also knowing that you're going to be right half the time. Like There's a reason why you fear is because it's already happened. It's because you've already been abused in this way. And so fear is like, this never ending companion because it's based in reality, right? And same thing with anxiety. Anxiety is about that just high vibration uh, or quick vibration, I guess. I shouldn't say high. It's like a, a fast vibration sort of experience where you're just like hyper vigilant. You you want to take a, a, a deep breath, but it's very, very shallow at the same time. You you want to just like try to predict as fast as possible. You want to be circling conversations in your head. You have this tightness and this, this sense of, I can't breathe, I can't move in your body because no matter what you do, it'll never be good enough. You'll never win. It'll, it'll never happen. It'll never go away. And you just can't trust anyone. 
And even if you try, it'll just fail. I mean, it's, it's a terrible place to be anxiety and, and you start having anxiety about lots of things. And then you start feeling like you have generalized anxiety disorder. And then you think you have to take pills to calm yourself down. And maybe that's true. I'm not necessarily against taking medication appropriately work with your psychiatrist, but so many of my clients who are dealing with anxiety is because of what they've had to endure and how they've had to survive growing up in a narcissist situation or being in a narcissist type marriage for, you know, 10, 20 years, right? That anxiety is real, absolutely, but it doesn't come from something wrong with their brain. It, it comes from trying to survive an emotionally abusive situation. Another one is despair. Despair and I are really good friends. <laughs> despair is my go-to emotion and it is the it is the deepest one for me. This one is the one that gets me closest to this idea of, okay, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with life, right? And listen, I don't I don't take the idea of suicide lightly. I think it's a very, very serious thing to talk about and I get it. But at the same time, I also, so I, I was certified in suicide prevention <laughs> the week my mom committed suicide, which is really crazily ironic. Um, it's just really strange that that, timing worked out. I think I've talked about that in the podcast in a few episodes, but, um, I feel really confidently, um, and I'm certified in the ability to help someone who is dealing with suicidal ideation. Now, obviously I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist. I'm a life coach. So I help people reach their goals. But if someone comes to me and they're having suicidal ideation, I know how to help them. That doesn't necessarily mean that I help them stop being suicidal, but at the very least I can help them be pointed to the, the right way to go. And what I've learned about suicide, having um, experienced you know it firsthand, well, I guess secondhand, obviously firsthand, I'm still alive. But having experienced it you know up close is that it is all about managing the pain. That's what it's all about. And narcissists are all about managing the pain. And what they do is they use other people and they hurt other people to manage their pain. Okay. Now you are not doing that. You are not hurting other people. I don't know. Maybe you are. <laughs> Sometimes we're manipulated and we have these bad habits. So we talked about that in another episode about managing your own narcissist tendencies, right? But the thing is here, you're probably not hurting other people to manage your emotions. You're likely hurting yourself to survive, right? And when you're in this kind of pain and you feel like you can't, you feel like you cannot survive unless you hurt yourself in this way. Now, obviously you don't realize you're hurting yourself. But when you're in survival mode, that is a very hard wall to be up against because your body is designed to survive at all costs, which is ironic because it's your prefrontal cortex that gives you all these thoughts of these ideations of suicide, right? But it's your low brain that's like, we need to get out of pain as fast as possible. And so it's a strange sort of combination of, okay, we got to get out of pain. We're trained to get out of pain, but also you're trained to hurt yourself right? It's, it's both at the same time and it's very, very uncomfortable. And, you know, if you've ever dealt with that, I want you to know that you're not alone. And if you are having suicidal ideation, please, please reach out to someone you trust, anyone, someone you trust, talk to them, express yourself, go to a therapist, go to a psychiatrist, go to a hospital, do what you've got to do. It's okay. You can get out of pain. I promise you, you can. At the very least, you can deal with it. Uh, you can get the tools to deal with it. But emotional pain is absolutely manageable. So I hopefully this episode can point you in the right direction. But if you are dealing with suicidal ideations regularly, please, please, please go see a therapist or psychiatrist and get the help that you need. This is 
really, really important. And I, I highly encourage you to do that. So despair is one of the emotions that gets me closest to that kind of ideation, right? It's this, it'll never work. It'll never be good enough. You know, it's, it's, it's the next step after shame, right? Like I'm terrible. I'm horrible. And there's no hope for me that I will ever get better, that not, that this will ever get better, that I will ever get out of this pain um, because it's just been lasting for so long, et cetera, right? So despair is a hopelessness that I know very well that I've spent many years uh, dealing with. And this emotion is, it's probably the worst, probably. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but in, in my experience, it totally is. All right, last two emotions we're going to talk about today, because I'm sure there are more that are creating pain, but these are the big ones. So guilt, shame, emptiness, loneliness, fear, anxiety, despair. The next, uh, last two are grief and confusion. So we've talked about grief a lot on the podcast. This is like to be a person who's experienced narcissist abuse is it is to be a person who is an expert in grief. That's just what it is. And the reality is that grief is such an important part of not only experiencing narcissist abuse, but also healing from narcissist abuse. So grief and despair are, are, are kind of similar. They're very big, heavy emotions. They kind of can take over your whole body. Grief is one of those that really takes over the entire body. You're like Your body has to process the grief in order to be able to function. It's really fascinating. And I've been through a lot of grief. I've lost my mother. I've lost babies. I've, you know, I've been through many divorces through my parents, my own life. I've never had to deal with my own divorce. Thank goodness. I'm in a really happy, healthy relationship, but a lot of loss in a lot of different iterations in my life, which isn't to say that, you know, my life is worse than someone else's. I'm sure that it's small compared to what other people experience, but you know, grief is a normal, natural part of life. We must experience grief and loss. That's just how it is. And narcissists will use grief and loss against you and they will exacerbate and create more grief and loss for you because it's a very easy way to manipulate people. So grief is definitely a big one. And the difference between grief and despair, grief is healing and healthy. It's a normal way to process loss that we all experience. Whereas despair is about believing something that isn't true, but believing that there really is no hope. It's a, it's a terrible, dark place to be. Whereas grief, it moves through you and it heals you as you feel it out. But despair doesn't heal you. Despair keeps you in a lot of pain. But grief is not fun. Grief is not fun to feel. It doesn't feel healing in the least. It feels terrible. So if you're in that place of grief, even though processing it can be very healing, I understand completely that it doesn't feel good at all. And finally, confusion. Confusion is very uncomfortable for the brain. Um, cognitive dissonance is very uncomfortable for the brain. And so when a narcissist is gaslighting you or questioning you or accusing you or doing all the things, they want to create as much confusion as possible. You know, they're lying to you, they're manipulating you. And what this does is it creates a lot of discomfort in your brain. When your brain is confused, it doesn't know which way's up, which way's down or what to do. It feels really, really uncomfortable when you're, when your body or sorry, when your brain is feeling cognitive dissonance where there's like two opposing realities at once, that is very, very uncomfortable because you have to choose, at least according to your brain, your brain has to choose one reality so that it can be the, its most efficient. And when it's presented with cognitive dissonance or confusion, that just throws a wrench into the system and it's very, very uncomfortable. So these are all the negative emotions that 
you are likely in when you're dealing with a narcissist, either one emotion or it could be multiple at the same time. It could be like a smattering of emotions because the narcissist has been, has been just throwing everything at you. And all at once you're feeling loneliness, fear, anxiety, guilt, shame, emptiness, confusion, grief, loss. I mean, it's just all happening at once and it overwhelms your nervous system and you're in so much pain and your brain is so overwhelmed that it's hard to even think about, wait, okay, what am I feeling now? What is this emotion that is occurring to me, right? Like that's just not reality when you're in fight or flight and it's happening to you in the moment. You can get there, you can practice, you can get to that place. But in the moment, it's just like so much is happening in your body. And the way that they do this is they they just, they tell you terrible things. And sometimes it's plausible. And so it's like, oh no, now I, I get to believe it. Or it's, you know, maybe they're right, especially if you've been raised in this situation, you aren't raised to question what's being told to you. You're just trying to get through to the next day. As a child, you can't see what's outside of you. You can't see the bigger picture. And so whatever mom and dad is saying is gospel truth. That's just the way that it is. And even if you were to question it, right, you would get tons and tons of punishment. And, uh, you know, we're not going to do that, says your your low brain during that time. <laughs> your low brain is like, nope, we're going to get out of pain as, pass- as fast as possible. We're going to avoid abuse as often as possible. So we'll do whatever it takes to survive. And so think about all the things that have been told to you. Maybe you get out a sheet of paper, Maybe you just think about it in your head, but think about all the ways in which what has been said to you has created pain for you. Uh, A lot of times you'll be told things like, gosh, it's always something with you. You're being too sensitive. You're crazy. It's not my fault you don't remember anything. How dare you? Can't you see that I'm in so much pain? It's your fault I feel this way, right? Just things like that. What has been told to you that stands out to you is really, really painful. Or maybe you go to the last time you were around that narcissist person and literally anything they said is probably something that's triggering you. (laughs) It's so true. Like literally almost every word out of their mouth is designed to create an emotion in your body. Maybe not 100% of the time. I don't know. It just depends on the narc you're with. It might be someone a lot further along on the spectrum or maybe somebody who's a little bit a little bit narcissistic, right? A little, has has some tendencies, but is not crazy all over the place, right? And they usually can say some healthy things, but when it when the push comes to shove, when crap hits the fan, they turn into the narc, right? So think about the last time you were around a narcissist and what they said to you and the emotions that you felt. You can get really clear on exactly what's going on. And and again, in the moment, it's going to be really hard to do. It takes a lot of practice to get to the place where you can in the moment recognize what's happening. But go through every time it happens or every time it's, ha- it's happened in the past, you can go through and do a, a an analysis, a retro analysis of, of what happened. So you can decide, okay, this is what was said. I felt this. I was thinking this. I was feeling this. I took this action. I love this analysis. I do this with my clients all the time. It helps create so much clarity for them. And it really loosens the emotionally painful hold that that experience has on them. It's really, really good. So look at the what the narcissist was telling you. Now, it's really important to look at ways in which you were trained to hurt yourself. This is very insidious. This is what narcs do. And, and, and they don't even try. That You just do it on your own because this is how you survive. You just predict what they're going to say and do. And then you hurt yourself ahead of time so that you can control who's hurting you. So you can control what you can expect. 
So a lot of times people have learned to gaslight themselves. They've learned to tell themselves terrible things. They've learned to beat themselves up ahead of time. They've learned to hate themselves. They've learned to think terrible things that the narcissist would think and just predict what they're going to say and do, and then just go forward with that as if that were their reality. Because it's very painful to get abused over and over in the same way. And so your brain is like, okay, I'm going to adapt to this. I'm going to prevent it from happening by doing it to myself ahead of time. It seems really backwards, but let me tell you, almost every client I deal with is dealing with this very, very thing. So how do you hurt yourself? Well, you hurt yourself through thoughts, actually. You emotionally hurt yourself through thoughts. It's very, very simple. It's not fun. It doesn't feel great. But seeing the simplicity of it can be very liberating. So your emotional pain comes from your thoughts every single time. Sometimes those thoughts are not conscious. Sometimes you don't realize you're thinking them. It's just an automatic response. And that's okay. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means it's a well, well-worn well path in your neural pathway. It just is extremely efficient. Your brain doesn't even have to think the thought in order for you to feel the pain that comes with this particular stimulus. So it's really getting clear, okay, what are you believing about yourself? What beliefs about yourself have you accepted in order to survive emotional abuse? Do you believe you're a terrible person? Do you believe that you're ditzy? Do you believe that you're dumb or stupid or silly? Do you believe that you're a bad person? Do you believe that you're impossible? I was talking to a client today and she was told that she was the most difficult child. She's such a difficult child, right? And she just believed that about herself for many, many years. I'm just difficult. I'm a difficult person. And it's like, no, you aren't a difficult child. I mean, I mean, according to the narc parent, yeah, you were difficult in the sense that you were difficult to control, right? Those are two different things. <laughs> You're not a difficult person, but they found it hard to control you. And so they told you that you were difficult in the hopes that you might think, okay, I'm a really difficult person. I'm going to try to be less difficult now because I don't want to be a difficult person. And that might motivate you to actually do the things they want you to do, right? But really, you're not a difficult child. You're just, you just weren't easily controlled like your other siblings, at least in this situation, <laughs> that was the case. And so it's thoughts and beliefs about yourself like that, that have been drilled into your brain over and over and over for years about yourself that you've had to accept in order to survive the situation. You didn't even know you had a choice about accepting that belief, but it's there. And likely you have lots of beliefs about yourself that just aren't true. I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make it. I shouldn't even bother trying. You know, this is way too hard for me. I'm bad at this. You know, all these things that you've been told that just aren't true. They just aren't. So look at the ways in which you were trained to hurt yourself, believe bad things about yourself, you know, beating yourself up. We talked about this on the podcast a lot as well. Beating yourself up ahead of time. This is creating pain for you. You know, telling yourself, you know, how terrible you were. How could you have done this? I was talking with a client recently who uh, she's in a family situation in which she was raised by a somewhat narcissist mom, but her mom's also raised by um, some severely emotionally stunted individuals and had a lot of trauma and abuse growing up. And so this daughter is dealing with, you know, a family situation, you know, maybe they're together for a holiday or something like that. And she sends an innocent family text to everybody, you know, talking about the meal that's being prepared. And then the person that is preparing the meal sees the text, misunderstands it, assumes the worst about it, and then proceeds to be really, really hurt and, you know, has a terrible reaction to it. 
And then the original person who sent the text, of course, never meant anything to be critical, but it was taken that way. And then she is devastated by this experience, right? So like in her mind, she's telling herself, I have hurt someone. They're in pain because of me. I should just go away. Nobody wants me. Like it just spirals out of control, you know, and she's, you know, in her room and crying and she just is feeling like the worst person in the entire world. And uh, from a person on the outside looking in, right, that person looking in would be like, wow, it's not a big deal. It's just a miscommunication, right? But for that girl who was raised by a narcissist, who's been trained since a very, very young age to beat herself up ahead of time, this is a devastating experience. This is, oh no, I have done the worst thing ever. I can't believe this is what I've done. And I'll never recover from this. No one will ever forgive me. I, it's all my fault, right? Like they just spiral and it's because this is what they had to do in order to survive, in order to protect themselves from future abuse. Because if they could do that, then they could maybe possibly prevent it from happening in the future. If you beat yourself up, right? It's like, it's like you're the animal and you're flagellating. (laughs) Is that a word? Flagellate? I don't know. (laughs) You're, you're hurting yourself. Like you're beating the animal so that it learns not to do that thing again, right? It's a very barbaric way of dealing with ourselves, but we haven't been taught any other way. So this is what we try to do. We try to, we try to hurt ourselves into compliance. And this is something when you can't control someone else's response and you only can control yourself and you think it's your fault, of course, you're going to try to hurt yourself in order to try to fix the situation, even though it feels and seems backwards from the outside this is what's happening on the inside. So this is why you're in pain. You've been trained, you've been drilled, all these terrible things, you've accepted terrible beliefs about yourself, you've had to survive. Your brain has been trained to create pain for you so that you can survive, which is really ironic, but this doesn't go. When your brain is trained to create pain for you and your brain is wired to solve the pain, these are two conflicting goals. And it is very uncomfortable for the brain to have two conflicting goals. Remember we talked about cognitive dissonance and one of them is going to win either the need to get out of pain or the need to hurt yourself. And I I believe if, if gone unchecked for years and even decades at a time, eventually your desire to get out of pain and your, the inability to see another way out is going to potentially lead in places you don't want to go. That's my belief. Maybe that's maybe that's a little a little far-fetched. I I don't know for sure. I don't know all the statistics, but I just know what I've seen and I know what I've experienced and I know what my clients have experienced. All right. So, hopefully this hasn't been terribly depressing because we are at the end of the tunnel. We are here at the light. How to get out of all of this emotional pain. First of all, I see you, okay? Know that you're not alone. You are not alone in this. There are so many people experiencing the exact same thing you're experiencing. First thing I want you to do, I want you to take a deep breath. Breathe in slowly and then breathe out twice as slowly. However long it took you to breathe in, I want you to double it when you breathe out. You might still be feeling that emotional pain. Maybe you're in the throes of guilt. Maybe you're in the depths of despair. I invite you to take a deep, deep breath. Just breathe, connect with your body, allow your body to feel the breath. If you're in a big anxiety or panic attack, 
This will be a lot more difficult. It's okay. It's okay. Just try. You're not a failure. Be with yourself as you are in this emotion. If you can't breathe, that's okay too. All right, we'll get to that. I want you to understand that healing the pain that you're in is a long game. Yes, you're going to get some relief in the moment. We'll talk about instant relief here in a second. But I want you to commit to this idea that permanently healing your emotional pain in the sense that you know how to deal with it, because you you will probably feel emotional pain at some point in multiple points throughout the rest of your life, but at least you'll be able to deal with it and allow it to pass through you and allow it to move through you and not spiral out and not go in directions you don't want to go, right? So you're going to feel some guilt sometimes. You're going to feel fear. You're going to feel loneliness and anxiety, right? But you're not going to allow yourself after a lot of practice, after a lot of work, right? You won't ever have to go down the path of despair ever again. You won't ever have to feel emptiness on that level, right? You won't have to feel confusion for very long. You won't need to feel shame anymore. You might feel a little guilt sometimes, but shame is one of those that can be unlearned, at least in my opinion. Maybe you'll feel it again before you know you die. That's fine. <laughs> but these emotions are not problems in the sense that you know, if you ever feel these emotions, something terrible has happened and something, you know, has gone horribly wrong. These emotions themselves are simply emotions. And when you have the tools and the experience and the ability to deal with them, you're going to be okay. All right. So commit to the long game. You're going to heal. It's going to happen. All right. So let's talk about instant relief. It's time to get some relief in the moment by coming back to your body. So we talked about taking a deep breath. Okay, that's a very important way to get back into your body. Your brain wants to leave your body because it's in a lot of pain, right? So you want to escape. You want to make it go away as fast as possible. You want to distract yourself, right? But if you're in pain, if you're in emotional pain, it's very counterintuitive, but come back into your body and be with the pain and learn how to process the emotion. What I mean by process is see the emotion that's happening. Allow the emotion to be there. Breathe into it. Allow it to be there. Give it permission to be in your body, even though you don't want it, even though it doesn't even belong to you. It came from somebody else. That's okay. Right now, this is reality. This is your body. This is what's happening in your body. It's okay. And just breathe in it. Breathe through it. All right. So that's going to give you a little bit of relief. And as you're in that moment, maybe you're not feeling tons of relief in that moment. You're just breathing maybe you're crying, maybe you're you're feeling it in your shoulders, you're feeling it in your head, you're feeling it in your chest, you're feeling it in your abdomen, you're feeling it in your back, maybe there's like this heaviness in your back, right? Really connect with the somatic sensations that you're having with this emotional pain. Okay. Breathe. It's going to be all right. Now, if you are able to in this moment, you're breathing, you're calm, but you're still kind of feeling the emotions. Take a look at your thoughts. Take a look at what's the ticker tape running through your brain. If it's there, I don't know how, sometimes people experience thoughts in different ways. I experience them as like actual words in my brain that I can kind of see. I can actually see the words. Some people experience thoughts in different ways. So you can kind of decide what's, what's best for you. But look at your thoughts and see what is the source of the pain. What are you thinking in your mind? What's happening? And you just have to see it. You don't have to change the belief. You don't have to get rid of the thought. You just have to look at it, see that it's there. Look at what you're buying into in order to survive this interaction with this person or to get through the next day. 
really have tons of compassion for yourself. It's not your fault you're thinking these things. It's not your fault. It's absolutely not your fault. Your body is designed to survive. And these thoughts either showed up or they were given to you in order for you to get through to the next moment. So tons of compassion for yourself. Okay that you're thinking this thing. Yeah, it hurts. It's okay though. You're not a bad person for thinking these things. Now, if you're ready, okay, I want you to practice visualizing what it would look like to believe something else. If you're not ready, that's okay too. Just being in that emotion, maybe you simply support your body while you're processing through the emotion. Maybe you go lay down, maybe you get a comfy blanket, maybe you get into the bathtub, whatever it is that is supportive for your body. Not necessarily, you know, always, maybe you get a massage, right? Who knows? I don't know what's available to you. (laughs) But if you can just close your eyes and be with your body and do whatever, maybe you get some water, definitely hydrate yourself as you're processing through emotion. That's a big one. And just be with yourself. Maybe you do like a meditative practice. That's always good when you can meditate, experiment, find ways in which you can connect with your body that feels the best for you um, and be willing to be willing to not get it right the first or second time. Maybe you, you figure it out over several attempts. Okay. So practice coming out of those. Some things that I love to say, I've talked about this before, is I love me and I forgive me. I love those thoughts. Those really help to get me out of the acuteness of the emotional pain that I'm feeling. One of the things that I do a lot, that's my go-to default. We've kind of talked about beating ourselves up, but the the self-punishment. My brain is just so good at immediately punishing myself, immediately. Uh, that's just a weird thing my brain does. I guess that was just how I was trained. And it it's it's a very powerful urge to create emotional punishment for myself. And so sometimes I can manage it. Sometimes I can see it coming a mile away and I'm like, oh, I see you. I know you want to punish. I get it. I'm here for you. I got this, but I'll be okay. No need to punish here. We know what exactly to do, right? Sometimes I can do that. But other times it hits me and I didn't see it coming and it's just already in my body. And when the pain's already in your body, it's okay. It's already in your body. So all you got to do is process it out. All you got to do is be with yourself love yourself, forgive yourself. I love me. I forgive me. Maybe you say that 10 times in a row. Maybe you don't say anything and you just put your hand over your heart and you just say, I'm with me. I'm with me right now. I mean, this 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 could be a really intense experience for you. And managing emotional pain is one of the greatest skills that you can develop. It's certainly something that a narcissist has never learned. They don't know how to manage their own pain. They just use other people. And in your situation, you probably weren't even allowed to use other people. (laughs) It's like, man, I wish I could have become the narcissist. That would have made things so much better. But no, I wasn't even allowed to do that. I don't know if anyone's thinking that for real. But, but, you know, in in a highly volatile situation, you questioning yourself, you, you know, fighting back was probably severely punished too, right? So you're just in this terrible place of, I can't even fight back. I can't even do anything for myself. I just have to be in this pain. And it's like, okay, if you're going to be in the pain, that's okay. What if you could be with yourself? Another suggestion I have is kind of like goes along with being with yourself is being your own mother, like mothering yourself, right? So being the person that you needed when that you didn't have growing up, assuming that you had a narc mom, maybe you had an amazing mom, who knows? (laughs) The vast majority of us in this situation probably didn't. But being the mother to yourself, it's about saying, it's about being that calm, mature loving, unconditional loving presence for yourself in your moment of need. 
I do this for myself all the time and it makes the world of a difference. Saying to myself, for example, I see that you're in pain. That was terrifying, wasn't it? Oh my goodness, you want to just relive those moments over and over again, huh? That was really traumatic, right? Just like validating, acknowledging, seeing what's happening and giving a voice to it. You know, as if you were talking to a young child who's just been through something traumatic. Oh no, you know, they said this thing about you that must have felt terrible, right? Um, I love you. I see you. Let me hold you. It's going to be okay. All the things that you wish a mom would say to you, you need to say to yourself, be the mother to yourself. That is going to help you move out of the painful space. It may not get rid of all the pain right in that second, but it'll at least soften things. It'll help you see a little bit clearly because when you're in emotional pain, right, you're in fight or flight. Your body immediately is triggered into fight or flight and it's designed to get you out of pain as fast as possible. But when you can slow down, when you can breathe, when you can calm your nervous system that has been triggered just for a minute, when you can be the mom to yourself, you can love yourself, forgive yourself, see what's going on, you can get a lot of leverage over that fight or flight. You can move out of fight or flight and you can start to think a little bit clearer. You can have access to your creativity, to what you've been learning, to these new tools that you've been given, and you can start practicing, okay, let's get out of those thoughts and beliefs and try on some new ones and see how they feel, right? So deciding to love yourself no matter what, deciding that you are worthy no matter what, deciding that, yeah, sometimes you make mistakes and guess what? I like me anyway. Deciding that, you know what? There are only choices that we learn from. Either we make a choice and that creates what it is that we want, or we make a choice and that creates a lesson. There is no failure, right? All these beautiful thoughts that are being offered to you that you know come through the coaching process. It's about believing something amazing about yourself that you've been never been allowed to believe about yourself. What if you are just an amazing person? What if you're such a good person and nobody else has to believe that but you? What if everyone around you doesn't believe it, but you believe it? You always believe it no matter what. That's really what it's all about. It's about building that confidence, building that that structure inside of you that is impervious to the effects of the narcissist, right? They never wanted you to build that structure at all. They always want to be in control. They always want to be able to manipulate you. And so they want to use all of these things that are going to create all of these emotions. Then being able to see the emotions, right? Okay, I'm feeling guilt right now. I'm feeling grief right now. Being able to name them and see them for what they are is the first step. Understanding why you're in pain. What was said to you? What were you saying to yourself? What's going on here? What are the thoughts in your brain? That's the next step, just seeing it. Getting out of pain is about being in your body, breathing deeply, committing to the long game, understanding that maybe you won't get complete relief in this second, but at the very least, you can be with yourself. You can see it, allow it, breathe through it. And as you practice this, you will get better and better and better at moving yourself out of the pain. Uh, All right. Let me know if you have any questions. This has been kind of a heavy one, but I I really hope it's been light at the very least at the end. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, you know, this is what it's all about. All of this work that we're doing is about emotional pain and managing it. All of this work that we're doing is about helping your brain be retrained. You have been trained into a certain way of being that creates tons of pain for you. And this is the first steps of getting out of that pain and retraining yourself to get out of that pain and to build a structure 
an inner structure that actually protects you from future pain. Okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I hope this has been helpful. I see you and I get it. And for me, it's been a years long process. My hope is that my work can condense all of that work for you so that you're not spending years and years and years of your life trying to move through this. A lot of my clients only spend six months to a year with me and they are living their best lives, right? So I really want this to be, okay, obviously it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work, but I want it to be as efficient and and quick as possible so that you can really start to, to feel better. So you can really get out of this pattern that you've been trained to be in for so long. I'm really, really passionate about helping people as much as possible in this way. I think it will, I think it'll change the world. I really do. And as you teach your children how to manage their emotions, this will continue to change generations to come. That's what it's all about. And as a reminder, we are in the middle of Coachathon week. So as of today, November 1st, this is a Tuesday. We have three days, including today. During the Coachathon event, this is a 45 minute free call for you. Pick a time during today, tomorrow, or Thursday that works best for you. Slots have been going pretty fast, so hopefully there will be some by the time that this airs. I want you to get a call with me so that you can work through this. You can process through some emotions. Maybe there's something going on in your life right now. Maybe there's a narcissist that you're dealing with, and it's really, really a struggle. I want to talk to you. I want to help you work it out. Go to the stories in my Instagram, at Laura, by the way, and you will be able to find the link to be able to book your call. All right? I hope I can see you soon. I hope that I can help in any way possible. I would love to meet you and I would love to talk to you. You've got this and we will see you then. Bye. Are you ready to take your post-snark life from dream to reality? I work with people just like you who've had to survive a lot of narcissist abuse and want to build things they never thought possible. If you want my help, I offer one-on-one coaching where we deep dive into your specific situation and clear out all the narcissist conditioning in your way so that you can start living the life you want. Feeling peace and setting boundaries? That is just the beginning. Go to laurabytheway.com to apply for your one-on-one coaching spot. See you there.